G'day punters and welcome to the Winning Post preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, May 8, Ocho de Mayo. It is South Australian Derby Day and Daniel Matty Stewart has written in this week's Winning Post that this year, like last year, is the best derby on the Australian calendar. Sure, I agree with that. He's saying last year you had Russian Camelot who certainly uh, trained on and was quite impressive in the spring. Uh, and then you had Dallas Ann second, uh, who is uh, very, yeah, didn't, you know, is a horse of a lot of ability and certainly bobbed up running third in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, but probably didn't quite go on with it. And then you had Warning third, who was the Victoria Derby winner, but was a typical Victoria Derby winner in uh, that really didn't do a hell of a lot Afterwards, uh, how high this this Saturday we do have, of course, the Australian Derby winner actually pressing on into the SA Derby, which uh, hardly ever, if ever, uh, happens. How do you rate the quality of the field on Saturday? Yeah, look, explosive Jack certainly adds um, much more quality to the field. I think outside of him, look, there's a few certain up up and comers. You got the likes of Laquero. Um, uh, and Deep Strike as well, who I don't think we've seen the best stop, but can, could potentially reach some um, some big heights. Whether the level of Russian Camelot, I'm not too sure. But I think all in all, it's a really open race. And you'll know that with a couple of my selections at a, at a big price in this. Um, I think it's a very yeah competitive contest. But in terms of whether it rates to last year, I, I, look, I'm not so sure it will. But you know, time will t- certainly tell. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I am a little bit surprised looking at your selections because, as I mentioned, we've got the Australian Derby winner pressing on into this race. Joel, and neither you nor Daniel have uh, managed to find what's in your top four. Uh, what's your thinking there? Speak twice? Yeah, look, it wasn't a very strongly run derby uh, in Sydney. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was a strong year for those... So, I mean, every any other year, you'd think the Sydney Derby would just be lengths, lengths better than an SA Derby, and therefore the winner would would uh, be well, very, very hard to beat if he was to, to press onto Adelaide, which this one has. But I just don't know this year whether the uh, staying three year olds are as strong, and and therefore I just think there's a few others that are perhaps ready to peak for their grand final. Because remember, he'd also been to Tassie before Sydney and won their Derby, so he's been up a while. He is a tough. Stayer and well, stayers, um, you couldn't be any better stable than with Mar Eustace because when they get beyond 2,000 meters, they just uh grow a leg there, horses. So, look, he's going to be going in my quaddy, but not in my top four. All right, on Saturday's uh, Moscow program, which is the middle pin of the Adelaide Masters, um, and that means that there's not actually that much black type on the car, but although there are a, a whole lot of series finals. So pr- plenty of interesting racing through the day and big fields. Uh, struggle to pack it into seven pages of your winning post. Uh, 128 odd accepted. But we start, the black type starts in race two. TAB South Australian Sires Produce Stakes. And that is over 1,400 metres to be run on the parks track. Set weights for two-year-olds at group three level, Daniel. Yeah, it's an intriguing contest because you've got the top three home in the Anzac Day Stakes at Flemington um, all contesting this race, which is Three Kings, Biscayne Bay, 
uh, El Rocco, who in that order. Um, with that said, I think that is a strong form line, and I think they'll all play a part in the race. I, I just hard to go past Cloudy, the, the frosted filly from the Godolphin camp. Um, she's won a couple of stakes races in Adelaide, so she's in the circuit before, and and she's showed plenty of toughness in both of those wins. Sat up on the pace, look, she looked um, looked gone two back, and then fought back hard, and then and then last start when when she was um, <clears throat> needed to be. But there for a fight, she's certainly willing to give one. And she pulled out all the stops and it was a good win. So hard to go past. She's got a favourable on pace racing style. And um, um, I guess the only query is stepping up to the 1,400 metres. Can she run out a strong 1,400? But um, she's hard to toss considering I've been with her her last two starts. So she's on top for me, the nine. The one, three kings, as I said, comes out of the, was the winner of that Anzac Day Stakes at Flemington. Um, lovely ride from Luke Curry there, and he was able to arrive right in time. Um, he won in town. It was a very good win in town the start prior as well at Saint, uh, Ballarat. So three kings, the pick of those three that comes out of that race. Uh, I've got Al Rocco in next, ran well in a big price in th- third behind three kings. Um, just a, a little bit of a wider draw. We might need a bit of luck from that draw, but he can certainly win. And I've got the 11th forever and the day in for fourth. One nine three eleven. Yeah. One nine, yeah, one nine three eleven, Daniel. I'm looking at your uh, tips on the uh, on one is three kings. You've actually got three kings on top. No, I don't. Sorry, nine one three eleven. I've I've put the my mistake. Nine on top, cloudy, as I mentioned in the thing, and I've put the I've got the numbers mixed up here. Nine one three eleven. My mistake. Right, yeah, Joe. I am with three El Rocco. Uh, I liked him on Anzac Day. Had something on him, and he looked the winner when he loomed up. Furlong and was just outdone late. He'll be fitter for that. He's always showed a bit of talent, jumped out really well before the debut where he bumped into Artorius. I'm just hoping third up, ready to peak. Just going to need a bit of luck from that gate, but I like that Jamie Mott sticks with him. So he's on top for me from two, Karakazu. I thought could possibly turn the tables on Cloudy. Racing like 1,400 will suit. Again, tricky gate means he's going to be spotting Cloudy a head start again, but hopefully the extra distance will suit him. Nine, Cloudy. Well, she's in the mix for sure. Just had every possible last time out from gate one, settling behind the lead. And you can imagine she's going to lob in the same spot again. So she's going to be a chance. And 10, Biscayne Bay comes through that Anzac Day stakes, drew the outside gate, went back and hit the line hard. Uh, Barrier three for Damien Oliver. You'd have to imagine she can uh, settle a bit closer and be competitive. But three on top for me from two, nine and ten. Across the race seven at Morpheville on Saturday, this is the big one, the TAB South Australian Derby, 2,500 metres, group one, set weights for three-year-olds. Fun facts, only two SA Derby winners this century have been trained in SA and uh, that could well continue with most of the fancies uh, coming across from Victoria or New South Wales, but mainly Victoria. Uh, there's certainly a few, uh, there's a few there from SA. Uh, and four of the past seven have come off the top four finish in the checks. Um, this mainly looking at uh, the other lead-ups uh, as far as the market's concerned, but Royal Mile, um, who's going for a fifth winner in a row, was the winner of that chairman's stakes uh, from uh, Montepulciano, who is here, and she brings it, who is also here. And Saddlecloth's one to three, which this year is explosive. Jack Royal Mile and Lacuro have provided nine of the past 15. Last year's win by 
uh, Russian Camelot was uh, fairly atypical in that I think he was the first SA Derby winner since about 2004 to go on and win another Group 1 race. In his case, it was the Underwood last spring. Um, and he did it at start number five, I think. And there's a few who are in a similar boat here, um, including some of the fancies, Lacuro, who's at start number six, and uh, Explosive Jack, start number eight. Anyway, we've established you're going around Explosive Jack. So where are you going, Daniel? Hard to toss Lacuro. Uh, look, he's really come on <clears throat> um, this, this preparation. He's, he's really impressed in his initial campaign. He... He did a little differently last start up in, in the Galilee final at 2,500 metres. He led and was sort of ridden like the best horse in the race. And you never really had any concerns if you were on him. He um, was able to hold off through Irish eyes. So, look, he, it, it was pretty brave in defeat, but um, the winner was far too, uh, too good for them there. And I think, thinks he can, think he can progress. He's certainly handled the trip. He, he's proven that. He was strong through like 2,400 metres. Um, I think he's the hardest to beat. As I mentioned before, there's plenty of value in the race. A 13 token spirit, but was too big a price at 81 to 1 in um, some markets. He contested some of those lead-up races and then the derby in, in the spring as a uh, as a three-year-old. And look, he was pretty competitive. He won second up 2,000 metres. And after that, he contested the Flemington, the derby trial at Flemington and ran well, and then the Geelong Classic into the Vic Derby. And in both those, he wasn't beaten far at all, about two and a half lengths in both. The Derby run was um, was, was excellent, I thought. He had a, a nice run um, sort of close to the fence and got out the right time and it looked like he might challenge and go close to winning at the sort of 250-metre mark. But uh, Johnny Gangry and a few of those better ones sort of were able to hold him off at bay. Cherry Tortoni flashed home and, and ran on well there. And Token Spur has only beaten a length for Cherry Tortoni. I just think... Up to 2,500 metres, this preparation. I know he hasn't won yet this time in, but I think he's going the right way. And um, it was a pleasing run at Packenham last start, getting a long way back and running on the second behind an all-the-way winner. So there's just he's just going to be a horse that will know that will handle the trip. And there's a bit of a question mark on whether a few of these might run out 2,500 metres where Token Spirit will. So I just thought he was over the odds. So him and Lecuro, certainly my two main plays. 15 personal on the backup after the Oaks. Um, it's going to run, run a... A very good race there behind Media Award. Um, and in for fourth, I got the seven Miletus, another who'll improve up in trip, I think. Three, 13, 15, seven. Yeah, well, I'm with the stable mate of the favourite in number four. Let's crack a deal. Just hope, hoping that this is the race. He's been set four blinkers on third up. I like that they've kept him fresh between runs. He didn't go to the chairman's after an excellent run in the Port Adelaide Guineas where he finished off strongly for second behind Royal Mile. He contested the Victoria Derby at just his fifth start, and I thought he did a pretty good job there, finishing fifth behind Johnny Get Angry. So I think third up, the blinkers on. Good each way bet, number four. Let's crack a deal. I think the Philly uh, person will be very hard to beat. Similar uh, story to her back in the spring. Fifth up on a quick backup from her 2,000-metre run. Uh, following that pattern, so she's here. Back in form, too, after a bit of a mishap in Sydney. Back in form last week with that good second behind media award. Known at uh, nine, Noble Heights, I think is a bit of a chance here. He got beaten by Deep Strike at Sandown, but he had a very tough run. He was three wide the trip, and I thought he was pretty gutsy there. And then in the chairman's, got back and worked home well. Now, he's had wide gates his last couple. Barrier four, he can get a cheaper run, settle a bit closer, and I uh, think he'll run out the distance. No dramas. And two, Royal Mile. 
I couldn't leave him out of my numbers. Just continues to win. And another soft draw for him means he'll get every chance. Four for me from 15, nine and two. And race eight is the last of the black type at Morfordville on Saturday. It's the Adelaide Galvanising Adelaide Guineas, 1,600 metres. Listed race, set weights for three-year-olds. And you would think that Cherry Tortoni throughout uh, this preparation without winning just gets an ideal chance at the level weights here to break through. And I see you both agree with me, starting with you, Daniel. Yeah, that's right, Barks, as well. <clears throat> well suited to race on the set weights. Um, conditions of, of this contest, he, as, as you said, he's been running well. He hasn't been winning. He's excellent in the Australian guineas over the mile. Um, and very good metallic last start after getting a long way back and conceding a start. I don't think the drop back to 1,600 metres, um, coming back into this sort of grade of race, be too much of a problem. He's got very good form over the mile um, and looks clearly the, the good thing of the day for mine at, in Adelaide. So race eight, number one, Jerry Tortoni on top. Embolism as well. Look, I think that form in, around, in Sydney reads well for this around. Eker, only two lengths behind that horse. Um, a clear second pick. Four, spark up. One I've got a bit of time for and look, I thought it was better than it looked in the listed race last start. Better reads on paper in the listed race last start. Just sort of got a long way back from the wide draw and was a bit of an awkward spot on the turn. Um, was held up there, but once out, ran on pretty well without really threatening. Um, Winners sort of got away by that stage, but it was plenty of merit to his performance. Um, we'll settle close this time in from the, from the good draw. And the 10 in for fourth, Spooning. Uh, bolted in first up, and she... Looked the winner a long way out there. It was um, $14 that day. So she, the market didn't really love her, but she won like a $2 pop. I thought it was a pretty comfortable win. And the fact that they've taken her straight to um, to chase some black type indicates me, indicates that the stable so think pretty highly of her as well. So I think she can run a race in this one on top of two, four, and the 10. Yeah, best of the day, Cherry Tortoni. I've said for a while, I think numerous times on this podcast, that he, I think he's a miler. Uh, been against him his last couple at the 2,000 metres, and he's run well both times. And I think back to the mile and back to this class, he'll just be too good. I think, you know, not often I would dive into 220, but I'd say that's value for him. Nine, way to go, Paula. I've got a bit of time for her. I liked her in the Nitschke. She loomed to win. Just the inside runs of Incredulous Dream uh, was able to beat her, but she's going well. Three, Casino 17. I like back in trip. They stretched him out to 2,040. Didn't quite run it. Uh, but uh, D. Oliver on back in trip, he can improve. And seven, highly discreet, was working to the line pretty well in the Nitschke. One on top, best of the day from nine, three and seven. All right, race eight, number one, best of the day for both Dan and Joel. That is uh, Cherry Tortoni. And we heard about Joel's value a bit too. That's race seven, number four. Let's correct a deal. And... Dan, your best, which uh, is also jo Joel is uh, in full agreement. Uh, so your value bet, I should say, which uh, Joel is also tipping. Race five, number seven, Appalachian. Let's hear about that. I yeah, thought he'd come up a, a bigger price. I'm not sure he's much value now, but I'm still pretty keen on him in this race. He was enormous uh, last start at Morfordville. Got a long way back from the wide draw. Had to carry 61 kilos and... and Closed um, the way he closed off in a leader dominator race was was really good. It was a run of the coming of a coming winner. So um, Keener back up back him here third up Appalachian uh, race five seven. Alrighty, massive day of racing on the Gold Coast on Saturday. Big fields throughout as you'd expect, and could be wet, could be heavy track. Uh, we 
there are a couple of features early on in the uh, the time-honoured Bad Outta Hell and the Gold Coast Cup, uh, but the black type starts in race four, and that is the 102.9 Hot Tomato Gold Market, a 1,200-metre listed quality handicap. Daniel? Pretty keen on one here in the Annabelle Neesham-trained Wisdom of Order, who this horse used to be trained up on the Gold Coast by um, Toby and Trent Edmonds. Beginning of his career, ran some reported three wins here and, and ran some good races in some as a two-year-old. Uh, hasn't won for a rowdy yet, but it's just pushing on a year now since his last win. But his performance preparation, I think, has been very good. He was second behind Signor Fox in a Group 3 first up. And then in a hot Arrowfield sprint last start, um, he set up on the pace again and just sort of peaked on his run late. But did have his chance there. Well back in grade for this, I think 54 kilos. He's well-weighted compared to some of his rivals and um, has the right jockey on board from John McNeil jumping from barrier four. So we'll get every all the favours in the run, you'd think, and I think it'll be hard to beat in this, the Headwater Colt, Wisdom of Water. He's my best of the day at the Gold Coast. In for second, I have the five, Capital Connection. I really liked his return at Doombin. Uh, he's a better horse second up, and he drops a kilo and a half. For this, down to 54. Scalapini in for third, trialing well in readiness for this and and goes well fresh and in for fourth, the informed race course road. 11, 5, 1, 3. Yeah, I'm with 11, Wisdom of Water on top as well. Uh, the unknown is uh, the wet track and, and how wet it is, but uh, apart from that, I think he's come back really well for the Nisham Stable, battled on strongly against the older horses fresh, and then I think last time, yeah, there was a hot race, that Arrowfield race. So, look, at Twelve hundred meters, a strong twelve hundred on wet ground. I, I just a little query, but he's on top for me from Three Racecourse Road, who is uh, going super this prep, shooting for a hat trick, wet no issue. Six Stampy was good first up last week, I thought, in the uh, wait for age race behind Nick and Over wasn't beaten too far. He looks in for a good prep, and eight Baller is a talent. He resumes here, uh, probably wants it to dry up a bit, but certainly respecting him. Eleven for me from Three Six and Eight. Race five at the Gold Coast on Saturday. TAB, Ken Russell Memorial Classic, 1,200 metres, set weights for two-year-olds at Group 3 level, Daniel. With Ranch Hand on top, I think he's been scratched from Gosford, so you'll assume he'll be running here. Um, really like the recent trial in Sydney. Shut off a nice turn of foot there. Um, and he's only starting a wet track. He bolted in on, on the boot where it failed on a soft seven. Um, won easily there. And a couple of... In his two starts since that debut preparation, he was third behind Queen of Wizardry and then ran fifth in a Magic Million Serial Classic. So based on the recent trial, he's obviously come back well. His form last prep indicates he's quite a talent and I think he'll be making a winning return. Uh, Baby Wong in next, finally broke the duck at Tamworth first up. Um, sat wide there and was still too good. Now with that confidence boost, hopefully can go on with it and, and record a couple other wins in some better races. Uh, Cork Harbour. Like the first up run at Canterbury, beating Astrologer. That horse broke the form yesterday and in for fourth, Dovetail Beaver, start speller. My numbers, uh, four to beat two, six, and 15. Yeah, a few roughies in my numbers here are going for one at cricket score odds in number nine, La Force. He's a cold I've always had a bit of time for. He trialed really well before his first start. Uh, defeated the talented I've been there in that trial. He, of course, went on to finish fourth in the Champagne Stakes in Sydney. The debut run was very good, just run off his feet. Uh, his second start, forget, he was four and five wide the trip. And I thought first up at 1,000 metres, he was doing some okay work late behind 
Debussy, I'm just hoping the step to 1,200. Look, he needs to improve. I don't think he should be 70 or 80 to 1, maybe 30 to 1. So he's on top for me. Number nine, two baby Wong. I've always had plenty of time for him. As listeners would know, he looked a good thing at Tamworth first up and he won well. I'm surprised he went up 14 or $15. There might be a little deduction on that, but uh, that seemed overs for him. Uh, for mine, 10 London Bell is a first starter that interests me. Uh, smart, stable, the Brian and Daniel Guyard. They've got Michael Rod to ride, which certainly pricked the ears. And I thought his two trials have been pretty soft for Paul Hammersley. And I think he might uh, have something to offer on debut. And in for fourth, number four, Ranch Hand, who certainly showed a bit in that first prep. Nine on top from two, ten and four. Yeah, Ranch Hand is uh, it's one of those ones where you just know you're getting old and you've been in racing a while when you can remember uh, remember horses uh, from 20 years ago that had the same name. Uh, race six at the Gold Coast is the first leg of the quaddy. It is the Johnny Walker Gold Coast bracelet, 100 metres, three-year-old fillies, set weights listed. Daniel. With the seven, the Sebring filly, Grace and Harmony, who's third up here. She's two from two this preparation. Winner in short odds in Newcastle Maiden first up and a few dicey moments for those are back there sort of early in the straight, but um, once she dug deep and sort of built into her edge, she was quite strong late and, and ended up winning pretty well um, as the market expected her to. And then she made the necessary improvement to step up into a city uh, or bench uh, a midweek city race and she was far too good for them there, well backed on that occasion as well. So I like the improvement between the first and second up runs. The way she's going, she gives the indication that the 1,800 metres will suit her. It's like query. She's drawn wide. She'll probably come into uh, barrier 12 after the emergencies are scratched. But um, we'll need a bit of luck from that draw. Good ride, but she's got the right jockey on board, James McDonald. So uh, I'm thinking she can extend her picket fences preparation, Grace and Harmony, which is a very um, nice filly going forward. Tycoon Evie, Evi, the one in next. A bit of an unusual prep to... I guess most horses standard. She was 1,600 metres back to 1,200 and, and won well, beating some pretty handy sprinters. And then rose back up to the mile last start and I thought was excellent um, behind Essefa there. Uh, led there and just sort of grabbed late by the winner, but um, very brave effort. She's just a filly that when she goes out, she always puts her best foot forward and um, just handles everything she's thrown at her so far. So those are the main top two picks. Seven on top of one. The two and next Essefa. Who beat Tycoon Evie last start and the eight gunmetal girl looks over the odds. Um, the stable Snowden camp it took it to Adelaide to contest the group three there, and she more than held her own. Um, this is not much tougher, so I think she can run a big race as well. Uh, seven on top of one, two, and eight. I've gone with the 13 here, Senora Nera, the former Kiwi now with Chris Waller. She's had three starts in Sydney. Thought the Adrian Knox run was quite good behind Jewess and then went to the Oaks. The Adrian Knox form sort of held up there behind the winner, Hungry Heart, and thought Senora Nira ran pretty well, finished midfield. Um, no real excuse, but I just think she's sort of getting better with each run, uh, dropping a notch in grade, and I think back to the uh, shorter trip isn't... Uh, so I've lent her away in a difficult race to assess. Seven, her stablemate Grayson Harmony, has got the bad gait, but both her wins this time in have certainly uh, suggested she's a filly of some promise. Six has snuck a run. Nothing sweet about me. I think it's definitely got to be respected. Willie Pike to ride. We'll sit on speed. I thought her, good, uh, her run at Campbell Grange was good. She's been kept fresh. She's certainly bred to cope with the distance. And 11, Yatton, 
filly I've got some time for from the Mike Moroni stable. Got the maiden win on the board first up. Thought she was okay at Caulfield, working home late behind Brookspire, who didn't have all favours in the Oaks last week. So Yatton next in. But 13 from 7, 16 and 11. Race 7 is the second leg of the quaddy at the Gold Coast on Saturday. It is Brandon's Gold Coast Guineas, stretching the definition of a Guineas race somewhat, being over 1,200 metres. Set weights for three-year-olds at Group 3 level, Daniel. Yeah, that's a really open race. I'm going to put Marbusha on top for 12. Um, I thought she was excellent the PJ Bell last start. She's had a freshen up since then. Paul Miranda looks pretty good down in Sydney. Uh, so up to... Uh, Sydney and the, and the wind of Flemington as well. Uh, first up, she's got a neat turn of foot there. Um, <clears throat> so she's on top for me, the 12, in an open race. Lord Olympus it would have been a good thing beat if had he not got up and behind at Doom Bennett to sort of weave a passage there and was held up on a couple of occasions, but <clears throat> was able to get through at the right time and, and arrive, in, arrive in time. Um, he's clearly going well, this preparation. Simply fly, dump the right at the start last, last time and he's a horse that <clears throat> has a few tricks up his sleeve, but... Um, like his previous his form, previous form ties him with Lord Olympus, and I've got Immortal Love in next. Has a Group Three win on the CV over this trip. My numbers: twelve, five, uh, three, and six. Uh, Ten Garoppolo for me. It was the one that got away in the Mick Dittman. Uh, listeners may remember I did uh, throw him out as one that I quite liked, and I think if he gets the inside run, he wins. It was a bit of a nightmare watch the last furlong. He's going to be 20 to 1 again. This is a bit tougher because you've got a few more of the Sydney visitors coming uh, coming north to, uh, to challenge him. So, look, he's going to need to step up to the plate again, but I've still got no doubt he's up to this level. So I'll be buttering up again with Garoppolo. 12, Marbusha. I don't think I've ever tipped against this filly. So um, it's a first here for Saturday. She's going really well. Costly not to win the PJ Bell last time out, but it was a good effort. She's drawn wide. Um, that's going to be a little bit of a test, but she can definitely win. She's good enough. And then the two coming out of the Arrowfield sprint, I think it's a, a really strong race this year. One Amish boy was out without a lot of room in the straight, and I thought ran well for fourth, and two rocketing by was just on his heels in fifth. And I think they're both winning chances in a, an open race, but have to stick with Garoppolo at the big odds. 10 from 12, 1 and 2. The big one at the Gold Coast on Saturday is race eight, TAB AD Hollandale Stakes. 1,800 metres, standard weight for age. Group two, worth half a million, 14 to face the starter, plus three emergencies. Daniel. Yeah, great addition of this race. Um, with the two of Billis on top, we know his winning drought has been well, it's pushing nearly 600 days, and um, he'll spot him a start here, but his form... This preparation against um, elite horses at the Group One weight for age level has been has been excellent. The wet track certainly helps his chances. Um, better horse on the wet for mine, and finally gets out to eighteen hundred metres. This preparation will be out beyond the sixteen hundred metres. This prep um, after contesting three races at fifteen and sixteen hundred metres. Uh, so he's one for one at eighteen hundred metres, and hopefully this is the day he can he can break his drought. Um, the Billis on on top the two one fifty stars. Loved his run of the all age. Got a long way back. Was a real eye catcher there. Melody Bell, she gave a good account of herself considering she was first her first go at 2,500 metres in the Tankard. Um, she's certainly better suited back to 1,800 metres or around this sort of distance range. And Parody, hard to knock her. She's always thereabouts. She was excellent last preparation um, and has a couple of wins at this track and trip 
on a CV as well. So she has to go in everything. My numbers in the Hollandale, 2, 1, 9 and 12. Yeah, this is a really good uh, Hollandale stakes. And look, no matter what wins it, it just won't surprise me. Uh, you know, I can look at every horse in this field and make some sort of a case for them. So it's an absolute raffle, I reckon. I've gone with 14 to Elicit, who's a, a mare that I've uh, backed with a bit of success over at New Zealand. She's a real talent. She was among the better three-year-olds. She finished second in the New Zealand Derby. She came back last spring. She won first up and then took on Melody Bell in a couple of those group ones at Hastings. She wasn't too far off her. I thought her fresh run over the 1,400 with a big weight without without a trial leading in was very good. Vinnie Colgan follows her across, and I just saw in a very hard race, she's a talented mare, and she's going to be big odds. So I've gone with her to beat Zaki in for second. Had to give plenty of weight away in the JRA plate, and that was always going to be the little negative, but he ran very well behind Pass of Glory. We saw his Doncaster run. That was outstanding. And James McDonald must have been impressed with his, uh, you know, with the feel that he got from the JRA plate because Wallace's got a few here and James McDonald has elected to ride Zaki. Nine Melody Bell, class act, just going to need a bit of luck from that gate, but I think far better place down uh, back to this distance. And I'll throw in one of Chris Wallace for fourth. Number five, Mr. Seawolf. He's uh, getting on, nine-year-old, but he uh, finished second in this race coming off a win in the Doncaster Prelude and his run in the Doncaster Prelude this year was just about as good as a win. It was an excellent second with a big weight. I think he's one to keep very safe. But uh, a very wide race. 14 from 7, 9 and 5. And finally on the Gold Coast, race 9 is the Atwood Marshall Lawyers Silk Stocking. 1,400 metres, fillies and mares, quality handicap, listed, Daniel. I hope the 7 wonderful re-read can um, score a bit of the black type. She certainly deserves it. She's been an excellent mare for connections. 16 starts, but six of those have been wins. Um two or three this preparation. She's raised the bar each time she stepped out. Um, I became a bit of trouble last start at Doombin, but once out, she went off a really neat turn of foot and um, was able to, and won quite well in the end. Um, drawn to get all the favours here and, and gets in 54 kilos. So she can add a bit of black type to her mantelpiece here. Wonderful re She's on top. Gemma Scotland in next. Um, didn't fire last start, but it right right in this on the on the on her, her previous form. I think Goldie Fox has won it over the odds, as is the 16 Shazard. And I did like Peroni's first up run. Not normally a horse that um, does her best work first up, but she was good chasing Star Virgo there. She's won two or four uh, second up, and she's better suited at 400 metres as well. So she goes in the quaddy. My numbers are seven on top of five, 12, 17, and 16. I don't think it's the strongest silk stocking we've seen. There's not a real lot of black type form amongst the runners here. I've gone with three Sophie's Gold Class. Lightly raced for a seven-year-old. She's won seven of 21. Very good first up at the big odds. Finishing fourth with the 58 and a half. She gets a bit of a weight drop. Uh, she'll be fitter second up and on her home track. Uh, I just have to think this has been a bit of a target. So she's on top for me from seven wonderful Riri. As Daniel said, she's flying this prep, going uh, very well and deserves uh, a shot at a race like this. And then down towards the bottom, 15 Maui Girl. She won three of her first five and hasn't won in 14 goes since. But she's really far away. And her fourth in the Newcastle Newmarket behind Gemsong, two runs back, has her right in the mix here. And also, like Daniel, I thought 17 Peroni was a very good first up. And that's an encouraging sign for her to improve. Uh, second up, she's won two from four. Uh, went second up from a break. But three on top for me, Sophie's gold class from 7, 15 and 7.
Okay, that wraps up a big meeting at the uh, Gold Coast. And just to recap, the specials, Daniels, Best Race 4, number 11, Wisdom of Water, Value Bet Race 6, number 7, Grace and Harmony. Joel's Best, we just heard about Race 9, number 3, she's uh, Sophie's Gold Class, and Value Bet Race 7, number 10, Garoppolo. New South Wales Racing continues its tour of the Central Coast. Uh, Gosford is the venue for Saturday's racing. There's a bit of black type and there's a new $500,000 race. The black type starts in race six. It is the Deportley Wines takeover target. 1,200 metre listed quality handicap. Is a race that takeover target himself actually won. Often these races named after horses that have never had anything to do with them, but uh, takeover target did this. Joel, what did you think about Edition. Yes, light on numbers and probably light on quality. I've gone with Four Enchanted Heart to take the next step up to, to black type level. I thought the fresh win was very good where she ran over the top of Lost and Running. That horse got his revenge next time out at Randwick, but it was a forgive run for Enchanted Heart. She pulled up slightly lame, she had the 58 and a half kilos, and it was quite a competitive race. I just think dropping to 54, third up from a spell, bit of given the track will suit. Uh, she can bounce back and measure up to a black type race. The class runners up towards the top next in two Easy Eddie, one Senor Fox, and three Snits. Four, two, one, three. Yeah, similar numbers, slightly different order. And with the, the one Senor Fox, who really, uh, really strong win first up, running over the top of Wisdom of Water. <clears throat> I know, obviously, like I've said earlier, we'll have a, um, there's a big chance for the Gold Coast on Saturday. Um, look, he was sort of okay last start in the hallmark. He sort of held his ground there, had some handy handy horses. He can sort of mix his form, put in a bad one after a win. So hoping they can um, return a winner here third up. <clears throat> um, I think, as, as Joel said, the race sort of light on quality. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a nice race for him. So the one on top, the four in next Enchanted Heart. I do like that lost and running form. Um, she, she too is here third up and it's in well at 54 kilos. Easy Eddie. Back in grade slightly and contested some good races early in the preparation off a long layoff and was, um, wasn't was beaten far. And in for fourth, I have the uh, three, which is Snits one on top of four, two, and three. Race seven at Gosford on Saturday is the reward group and Lux Properties Gosford Gold Cup 2100 metre listed quality handicap. Joel. Yeah, we've got a few dual acceptors here with this race and the Wagga Cup on Friday. I think a couple have decided which way they're going to go, but still quite a few undecided. So I wouldn't be betting on this race until the race morning. I've gone with nine Polly Gray. I think the predicted uh, jar out of the track is just going to play right into her hands. She looked a, a good thing in the opponent with the wet track and she won well. Back on top of the ground in the JRA plate, four weeks between runs. She didn't quicken on the turn whilst a couple of others did around her. But I thought she stuck on really well, uh, in pretty well at the weights, 54 and a half. And, and as I said, uh, when she strikes the track with some given it, uh, she's very hard to beat. Seven pass of glory, who did win that JRA plate in for second. He's struck form now. He's fully fit. He won't be too far off the speed. Two Spirit Ridge, back from the Sydney Cup. Not sure he stayed. And also the blinkers coming off. I know that's certainly what Robbie Dolan, the, the rider, said post-race. So they've put the blinkers back on, back in trip. He can uh, bounce back. And 16, Stockman, 
might have just been a touch flat second up. I thought the fresh run was good. Down on the minimum, he's a horse that's always showed staying promise, so I certainly won't be leaving him out. But nine on top from seven, two, and 16. Yeah, with the nine as well, Polly Gray, as Joel alluded to, she's just in a, an elite wet track mare. Um, she's going very well, this preparation, and deserves to have another win next to her name. I think she can get it done here with the 54.5 kilos. So Polly Gray, clearly on top for me. The 11, the Lord. Mayor in next, long way off the saddle, mates. Um, Yonkers last start, but he was, after getting a long way back, he worked the line pretty well. Thought his run in the Albury Cup from a long way back was very good as well. Uh, he drops two kilos to 54, and uh, he's another sort of deserves a win this preparation. I think the seven past the glory going well, and in for fourth, I got uh, the six on Conte. Nine, 11, seven, six. The aforementioned new half-million-dollar race at Gosford on Saturday is race eight. It is the coast. It is over 1,600 metres to three-year-olds and four-year-olds, and uh, it's a quality handicap. Uh, Joel, one of your favourites here. Yeah, sticking with uh, a roughie that uh, gave us a, well, a decent collect for the place backers in the country championship final. Uh, going back a few weeks, there was... Good support for her. I think she was 50s into about 14s. So I speak of Charm Me Baby, number eight. I just think she's flying this prep. I thought that was an excellent run. She then went to Tamworth, drew a wide gate again, came from a mile back out very wide and just missed a place. I know this is tougher, but I just think she's in the zone, this girl. She's only a four-year-old. She's out of as a Beale mare. So she's got a bit of bit of a pedigree behind her, and she's drawn better on Saturday. So I think she can settle closer. And I just think at 40 to 1, she's worth another throw at the stumps. Nine nudge will be the other play in the race for me. It's probably D-Day for her. I think she's going really well. Her first two runs, well, she just broke the clock there and finishing off strongly. And then last time out, she was down in weight. She was well found by the market. She just had to race a bit tight against the inside and then got going late. It was a strong last 200. I think out to the mile, fourth up. There shouldn't be any excuses for her. Three, All Saints Eve, one of the two sisters in the race, is definitely a hope. She's only been placed once from four goes this prep, but she's been tackling strong races, a couple of group ones. I think barrier one's a good, uh, certainly a plus for her. And one Nimalee, but she's the class factor. That's why she's got the 59. She's won six from 13. Probably the tempo was just too strong for her in the Queen of the Turf last time out. So she can bounce back. Eight on top for me from nine, three and one. Seven wheelhouse on top here. I was pretty keen on him. Uh, I thought he'd be hard to beat in the Group Three Carbine Club Stakes um, a few weeks back on Doncaster Day, but he was able to get it because he was one of the emergencies in that Doncaster. He was able to get a run there, and from a wide draw, getting a long way back, was seven really sided um, in the, in said Doncaster. Back in back in grades, were really not winnable race here. He's going to get all the favours in the run. Um, he's a pretty talented colt. And he's my best of the day in Sydney. Wheelhouse, seven. Nimalee, certainly, the, obviously, the class of the field, as Joel said. Um, can hit back hard, back in grade. Three, All Saints Eve, and nine, Nudge, who's um, going the right way this preparation, ready to win. Seven, one, three, nine. Okay, that was Daniel's best on the Gosford program, race eight, number seven, Wheelhouse. Uh, value bet both our is race seven, number nine, Polly Gray. Joel, tell us about your best coming up slightly earlier in the program. Yeah, race five, number four, my swash buckler. Uh, he was the best of good things at Gosford last time out. It was one of those set weights, class ones, and he was just absolutely thrown in. 
He was a good thing's price at $1.75, but never going to lose. He's well up to this level. We saw him last winter performing very well in 78 grade. Uh, this import, he's lightly raced. He's had the three runs back now from the lengthy break, and, and that was a dominant win last time, as I said. There won't be any problems on the wet. I think he can continue to progress further than this level. So he's the best for me, race five, number four. In Melbourne on Saturday, they are racing at Caulfield. No black pipe there, but uh, what have you managed to find, Joel, as far as your specials are concerned? Well, no reason to jump off Mr. Exclusive. Uh, very good for us a couple of weeks ago as the value bet getting home in the last. A lot shorter on Saturday, but a small field, um, you know, not overly strong, certainly no stronger than last time, I don't think. And he's dropping uh, nicely in weight from the 58 to the 54. Look, Holbein just struggles to win, but he's going to be hard to beat with that weight and back in a little bit in distance. He's the he's the main danger, but I'm happy to stick with Mr. Exclusive and make him the best of the day. And in terms of the value, I will be keen to have a bet in the first race. Uh, Danny O'Brien has accepted with a couple, and they've both trialled quite well, the, the newcomers. And four, but I'm with the four, Lena's legend. Half-brother to Lena's hero, who, of course, won his first two, looked to Caulfield Guinea's horse before being sold to Hong Kong. He's now back in Sydney and was a winner just recently for Chris Walder. Uh, this bloke's by Teofilo. His two recent uh, jump-outs, Werribee and Flemington, have both been very good. He's been hitting the line hard. I think 1,200 is definitely a, a positive on debut because I think he'll even get better over further. But, uh, yeah, at 11 or $12, uh, be keen to play him each way. Um, we're pretty keen on Miss Demeter in race three. She's this is race first up. She's got a very good first up record. Um, she jumped out well at Terrain around Harbour Views. Of course, finished second. Miss Demeter finished third there. I thought they both trialled well on that occasion. Or jumped out well on that occasion. Um, I think this is a suitable race for her first up. Sixteen hundred metres is certainly a suitable trip. She ran well over this trip when first up at Mooney Valley last time in. Um, drawn ideally in Barrier 5. So Mr. Meter, I think, ticks a lot of boxes on the Ocean Park Mare. Uh, spooning is out later in the day to run in Adelaide instead. So my best value comes up in race two, the the one Saddlecloth Portland Jimmy. Um, contested an open handicap at Flemington on Anzac Day and, look, had the no, had, only had 51 kilos on his back, but he's only beaten a length and a half by Vacillator, went third. This is much, much easier, right? Back to a benchmark 84. Uh, he's got very good third up form. He won third up when last in work. And um, Madison Lloyd seems to get him quite well. So Portland, Jimmy, uh, the best value of the day at Caulfield. Race two, number one. All righty. Uh, my best I've fallen into Ayrton in the last, at, uh, resuming at $1.50, so certain to uh, crash and burn. Race nine, number four. And my value bet, race two, number eight, Crimson Ace, I thought was... Ready to win. Fourth up, Ascot once again, the venue for Perth Racing on Saturday. No black type there, although there is a race called the Eurythmic Stakes. It's not actually a listed race. It's actually a rating 78+. plus. Uh, there are a few good horses in it, mind you. Trap the Fools and Co. Um, BJ's best, BJ Ryan, our man in Perth. His best is race two, number two, Born to Try. Value bet race eight, number three, Magic will rain earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel. They are racing at Tarapa and Riverton. Yeah, a couple of decent programs. A little bit of black type on both of them. Uh, Tarapa, my best, comes up in race six, and it is number seven, Maroney. 
who uh, I was with in the Easter handicap a couple of weeks back at Ellerslie. He was stepping up in class off the, a win at Tarapa, and he handled himself really well. Finished third with a lightweight. He gets a claim here, so he's only up a couple of kilos, and this isn't any tougher. And as I said, he won at this track two runs back. So I think he can be very hard to beat. Moroni, uh, the value is race three, number seven, Rose in Power. Took on a group race last week, a three-year-old race with plenty of depth, and was a bit awkward to begin, and from there just couldn't get near the lead. It normally leads in her races, and was forced to sit wide and, look, was beaten before the turn. But her two prior runs suggested she was going really well, back to 65 level. And if she jumps, she will just about lead and be very hard to catch. And down on the South Island at Rickerton, the best is Darcy Q. I thought this could win again, race seven, number six. A newcomer to the South Island. The first two runs were good, finishing fourth. Just been hitting the line, progressing well. And then third up, uh, got the job done nicely. This isn't any harder and with the claim stays down in the weights and the value bet is a North Island visitor race two number nine Gertland was a good winner back in December of her maiden since then forms been a bit patchy but she's also contested a couple of handy races thought her latest run was good for third she's by Delgar so step up in distance uh, should suit out to the mile they've sort of been keeping her to the sprint trips I uh, just thought this is not overly strong and on her best form she's certainly a chance race two number nine all righty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Yes, well, another profit last week, thanks to Joel uh, with Miss Hipstar, a $56. Uh, less said about mine, the better was uh, Hella, the Tasmanian filly, was the first beaten in the Oaks. Uh, Daniel's protest has been upheld from the week before. Captivant was the horse. So we're going for our third overall profit in a row. Uh, I, with a bit of uh, sentiment and uh, maybe a bit of uh, maybe a bit of uh, a bit of heart and a bit of head, I'm going for El Rocco at um, at Morfordville on Saturday. That would be race, I think, three. Uh, no, sorry, race two. Number three is uh, El Rocco. Uh, going to go each way, uh, just around about the double uh, low double figures at the moment. Joel, uh, your lady lobster. Yeah, look, there's a few there I think you can look at. A couple of my best bets I'm quite keen on. I'll go with the shortest one because I think even at 220, he's value, and I think he will just be winning Cherry Tortoni. So we'll go uh, just play between the V. Morfordville Race 8, number one. Beat me to it, Joel. Um, I'll change. I'll change stack. I'll, look, I'll go to Brisbane. Um, Wisdom of Water in uh, – sorry, Gold Coast. Wisdom of Water in Race 4. Um, I think you can get – Handle, heavy, uh, handle the wet track, she will certainly be hard to beat. Uh, he'll certainly be hard to beat. Excellent. Okay, well, that leaves us only to remind you to smash that subscribe button and pick up your winning post if you haven't already online now in the shops first thing Friday morning with all, all the form for Friday, which, as Joel mentioned, is Wagga Cup Day, massive program. We've got an eight-page lift out for that. 
Saturday and Sunday, plus all your favourite columnists and features. Have a great weekend, listeners. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.